Welcome to the Leverage to Scale show. I'm Amber Vilhauer, founder and CEO of LeverageToScale.com, brought to you by NGNG Enterprises, standing for No Guts, No Glory. We work with purpose-driven business owners to develop their online platform and scale their influence. We believe that you have the opportunity to positively change the world one relationship at a time. Stick around to the end of the show in about 20 minutes and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts. Let's go. Welcome Leverage to Scale listeners. I'm your host for the episode. I'm Dan and I'm joined today by an entrepreneur who doesn't sleep. I think we're Robert Eckelman, the founder of uh, Connect Ad TV and other stuff. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice so I say... I say you don't sleep because when we were talking to get to know each other a little bit beforehand, um, I asked how your day was. It's, it's a Monday as we're recording. You said, well, it's like Saturday, like Sunday. It's like every day. And my, right. and my first thought in this time period was, oh, the coronavirus, quarantine, whatever. And you're like, no, that's just how I am. So tell me right. a little bit about you, Robert. You are an entrepreneur who just loves to do what you do and create and work. Tell me a little bit about you and a little bit about Connect Ad TV and what, what you're creating right now. Yeah, yeah. So in order for me to tell you about me, and we're, since we're talking about work, we'll start at the beginning of a career, right? So uh, listen, after I graduated college, I did what most people don't do. I actually got a job in my major. I majored in advertising, and I started in advertising. Right on. Kind of strange, right? Yeah, yeah. So so uh, I started, and I started selling local cable, and I loved it immediate. It was an immediate fit. When I say selling local cable, I obviously mean the advertising on local cable. Mm-hmm. At that point in time, we had... CNN, ESPN, MTV, that's all we could insert on. And the world's changed a lot. And I kept that job for quite some time. And after about four years, I moved on and I started working for network TV, which was NBC. And in about 1997, uh, I, I did something really neat. I started working with the local blood bank and actually my news department, which was strange because ad sales didn't really work much with news at the time. And what it came down to was, we had a blood shortage shortage in our area. And I explained, I said, look, the reason why people don't always donate blood is they don't know where the blood bank is, or when they donate, they want to get their cholesterol count and they don't have enough advance notice to go do it. So I spoke with the GM of my station and I worked with the blood bank and I said, look, why don't we put the schedule online? And this was 1997. It was dial up. It was like we had weather radar and that's about it. Yeah. So we, 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 we took a bus. We wrapped it, and every day during the news, there was an over-the-shoulder with the newscaster saying, the blood mobile will be at, and you can check it out online. And that's when people started doing it. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, there's something to broadcast and online, TV to digital. I've always believed that. I started it in 1997. If you fast forward, uh, I started a digital company after that, uh, which was fantastic. But you know what? If you're an entrepreneur, you have to... uh, Certainly be ready for looking ahead to your next job sometimes. <laughs> right. uh, so at that point in time, I went uh, to work for a television station owned by Gannett, which is now Tegna. Uh, and, and we were always very digital. Uh, we developed the digital first mentality. And if you fast forward to that, uh, in nine, uh, 2017, this whole OTT CTV came along. And while people were trying to d- digest the acronyms, I realized it was the intersection between TV and digital. It was perfect. I focused my attention on that. 
2018, I left the station of my business and uh, it has been uh, skyrocketing ever since. And I, and I love what I do. So let's dive in real quick to those acronyms, OTT and CTV. What does that mean to other business owners and entrepreneurs? What is, how can that help them? Sure. Absolutely. So uh, it's interesting. I just actually made a post on the difference between CTV and OTT. So CTV stands for connected TV. That is a device connected to your TV that brings in video from the internet. OTT stands for over the top. That is content provided over and around the traditional cable company or broadcaster. Now, a lot of people think of CTV, connected TV, and OTT over the top as one and the same. They are very different. CTV means that it shows up on your television set, period. OTT, which is the content, that might show up on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, or on your television. So they are uh, cousins, but they are a little bit different. Okay. And you help those entrepreneurs, those businesses, those companies, those brands place advertising through these systems to reach their intended audience. Is that fair? It, it is fair. So what I do is, is I place, monitor, optimize OTT for my clients. Okay. But when we talk about placing, right, it's not, we don't just place a commercial. So let me give you an example. Years ago, when I worked for an NBC station, we sold the Today Show. And when we sold the Today Show to a car dealer, right, we reached this massive audience and hoped that somebody needing a car was watching. Right. With OTT, we don't do that. We're program agnostic. We build a profile. So if the dealer is a Mercedes dealer, for example, we look for somebody who has a luxury car that's coming off lease, somebody that's been looking at a Mercedes either virtually online or physically. They may have gone in the store. And we can use data points to find that Mercedes buyer. Now, I don't care what they're watching as long as it's brand safe, but we target that viewer. So we've taken the, the, the whole audience and shifted it. It's all about the viewer, not about the program. So that's when I work with people. First thing we do is we say, okay, what's your sweet spot? What's your area? What does your client look like? So we start targeting by lifestyle, by income, by occupation, by gender. It's very different. It's a very targeted approach but it still has video and I'm a big believer in video. Yeah. I mean, video, I mean, gosh, we go spend all the time in the world at movie theaters or not, maybe not right now, but like in front of our TV, in front of our phones, our tablets, everything video is where it's at, right? It's second well, only to face-to-face -face communication, right? <laughs> I'm kind of smiling. Cause you said, are you going to turn on your camera? Right. Right. <laughs> uh, ah, the irony of technology. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think, and it's interesting that, that you saw that happen back in 97 why did you start your own business then to to like get to where you are today? Why did you want to start your own business? So in the spirit, I, I always try and keep everything positive. If you don't have something positive to say, don't say anything. But, and I'm going to keep it that way. There's not a big but. But I would tell you, after being in management for a large broadcast station for 17 years, quite frankly, I was getting burnt out, right? Yeah. And, and what happens is when, when, when you're there and you have a big staff underneath you, and quite frankly, if you're in the broadcast business, they're always trying to figure out what's next. And I love my company. They were great. But the fact of the matter, I, I just, I, I couldn't focus on one thing, the one thing I wanted to focus on most, and I was growing tired. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to step outside. I'm going to give it a try. And I've done that before. It wasn't my first shot at being an entrepreneur. And what I found was, as a small company, 
I could focus a lot more attention on my clients. And I really loved it. Uh, so what I found with the big company, we were a bit opaque. We were telling people, okay, you're getting OTT, but we really didn't give the full picture of what OTT was. Quite frankly, we had uh, period people on the back end, which is the operations end, that were kind of new. We had sellers on the front end that were kind of new. So we were working hard. We were working trying to get great, but we just never got great, right? Mm. Uh, doing it by myself, I, I've decided it, it's very interesting. When I was the general sales manager of a television station, my loyalty was always split between being loyal to my company and loyal to my client. Mm. I never have to split my loyalty anymore. I'm 100% loyal to my client. So yeah. it, 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 I started these saying, you know what? I know what big companies do. What happens if I run this like a small company? And I do run it like a small company. I've never had such good relationships with clients as I do right now. And I love that. Interesting. And and so that's a great reason to start it, right? I mean, that's that's the the almost the how maybe. So let's I want to dive in now to the next part of the journey for me is always the why. Right. We, when we talked before we started recording, um, you mentioned that your DNA is you're gonna get up on a Saturday morning early when the family's sleeping, you're gonna do your thing, you're just gonna work, it's part of who you are. What's your why? behind what you do and how you do it? What, what motivates you? What's your responsibility as an entrepreneur? Yeah. Well, you know, what, what motivates, motivates me is successful outcomes. So if I start, you know, they always say start with the end in mind. So the end is find that successful outcome, right? Now I need to find the beginning. The beginning is find a client, right? And find a client that wants to change. Find a client that says, okay, this is what I'm doing today or this is what I did last year. What do I need to do to keep up? Not only to keep up, but to get a strategic advantage. And quite frankly, this is exactly what happened. I just started looking at what the opportunity was and it got to the point where I'm like, there is a better way to do this. Mm. I can be completely transparent. I can show people instead of, so as a broadcaster, we'll go back to that same Today Show. I wanted to sell the Today Show for 600 bucks. The buyer wanted to buy the Today Show for 400 bucks. There was always that friction in between what I needed to sell for and what they wanted to buy it for. Sure. I wanted my why, I wanted to get rid of the friction. I wanted to say, how can I help businesses without friction? My clients mm. see exactly what I buy OTT inventory for. I have a fee. They know exactly what I charge my fee. There's nothing hidden. So my why is there was a better way to do advertising without friction, more targeted, and generate better results. And I think the the ultimate part of that why was I had to do it for myself because in a big organization that, that, that level of transparency just doesn't exist. And there's reasons why there's a lot of overhead. Uh, these are good companies. I'm going to go back to, I have nothing bad to say. These are good companies. My company's just different. Sure. And yeah, and different can be, can be great for you and sounds like things are going well and you're having success for your clients. So that's a, that's a good thing. I think I like that. You know, the, the, Let's go back to what you said at the beginning. I don't sleep much. So the other night when I did not sleep, I turned on a movie. I think it was called Envy. And the movie was with Jack Black and Ben Stiller. I figured Jack Black and Ben Stiller, this is going to be a great movie. I was excited. It was the middle of the night. I didn't care. I was going to watch it, right? And what I found out was the movie was horrible. I couldn't even get through half of it. Oh, no. the, point, the point is these guys got a script and they were going through the motions. So what's my why? I'm never going to go through the motions. I'm going to be very dedicated to what I do. I have to be intentional. When you intentionally do stuff, you intentionally do it either good or bad, but you do it with a reason. 
this movie, it was like, wow, this is really, they, they took this and they try to cut it and get in and out of the studio. And you can see that. And, and, you know, anything in life, whether it's somebody, how they cut your yard, how they cut your hair, they're either intentionally doing it good or they're just trying to go through the motions. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, it's so much easier and so much more rewarding when you focus on intentionally doing something well than looking at the clock and saying, is it 530? Can I go home? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's so funny. You can see it when it's not there. Right. So you know how to go find it. Um, I, I got to believe that as great as it sounds like it's going, and as much as you are living your why, there have to be hard moments being an entrepreneur. We see it all the time, right? When people are authentic and, and vulnerable, they'll talk about when they hit those rock bottom moments or have the hard moments. What's a, what's a big challenge that you've faced in your hard moments? Oh, my goodness. I started with no clients. Yeah. So, so scary, huh? <laughs> starting from zero, right? But but so listen, there there are so many um, challenges that you don't plan for. Um, so I started with no clients, right? No big deal. Pretty easy. I did what I do. I got up. I called. I worked hard. Uh, quite frankly, I'll tell you, most of my clients right now are all referral. I rarely make calls anymore. Not that I don't want to. There's there's that want and need. It's that I don't need to. Because if I focus all my attention on serving my current client base, they're giving me referrals. I love that. Thank you, clients, if you watch. Yeah, it's but, awesome. But so after my third or fourth month, right, business started rolling and business was really good. And something I didn't plan for was at 30 days, I was paying all of my media bills. My clients were paying me at 60 days, right? So in, in, in the first few months, it was no big deal. I wasn't floating that much. But when your billing gets up, and, and I, I don't really want to talk about billing figures, but when it gets very large, you wind up floating large amounts of money. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's just really interesting. And, and that's, you know, that keeps you up at night, right? Yeah. So luckily, I was able to have a great support group because I have a lot of clients that I use as mentors. Uh, and I was also lucky to have a great supplier and the supplier after me paying month after month on time was able to give me better terms and mm -hmm. we worked right through it. And I guess that's the point of challenges, right? There, there's a couple ways to handle challenges. You can forget about them until they bite you or you can say, okay, I have an issue. How am I going to work through it? And the way I work through my challenges, I typically use my, my mentorship group to teach me and walk me through it. I typically use my suppliers. And quite frankly, I'll work with my clients and say, okay, guys, you know, what, what are the situations? So it's it's always very uh, I'm, I'm, it's always very rewarding to have a challenge and to work through it. And the more times you have challenges and work through it, the more you realize you can get through the next challenge. Yeah. Self-fulfilling. <clears throat> you sharpen yourself through those hard moments. Um, <clears throat> and it sounds too, Robert, like kind of what I pulled out of that was it's all, it's often mostly about relationships. How, how critical are relationships to those challenging moments? They're amazingly critical. I mean, so, so this is really interesting. So obviously I said I have mentors. Those are relationships. Obviously I have clients. Those are relationships. But I am in one more category of relationships I never knew I was going to be in, and that's my suppliers. In order for me to get 
OTT inventory and, and premium inventory for my clients, I have to have great suppliers and I have to have great supplier relationships. And it's interesting because at times I would talk to my clients and I would be like, hey, here, here's what we're going to do this month. And they're like, well, you know, why don't you go get some, some different inventory? I'm like, I'm working on that. But I want you to know, just as I treat you great, I have to treat my inventory suppliers great. So it's very different. I, again, I keep referring back to broadcast days. In broadcast, I didn't have to treat my suppliers great. I didn't really have suppliers, right? Yeah. But uh, so so it's, it's, it's a nuance, right? So if I owned a restaurant, right, I would have to treat my customers great. But I want the best relationship with my suppliers also. I want that best cut of meat or the freshest seafood. So right. uh, it, it's, it is a new dynamic. Just like the float I had talked about, I didn't know I was going to have to have such good relationships on the back end. Yeah. Uh, but, but I did from day one. And uh, the people I work with have been nothing but wonderful, whether they be clients or suppliers. And again, lesson learned uh, and brought forward. Yeah. And then again, what a blessing you said earlier, you feel like you've been blessed and that right there speaks to it. <clears throat> yeah. It, it, you know what? Uh, it's a new level of appreciation. There mm-hmm. were times before when I was working for a big company, that appreciation maybe slipped a little bit. Now, every time I get on the phone with somebody, including this interview right now, there's a level of appreciation. I do appreciate being able to speak with you, uh, share some of my knowledge and uh, it comes out in every communication I have with my clients. I think they're, you're like, wow, this guy's just really appreciative of my business. And I, and I want them to feel that way because I am. Yeah. yeah. Gratitude goes a long way. So Robert, if, if you could redo one thing over the last year or so, what would that be? Boy, <laughs> you're a good interviewer. <laughs> Tough question. People usually Thanks. say I'm not at a lack of words. <laughs> uh, I would have probably looked for some additional support a little earlier. So that, it's funny. We're, we're in a unique situation, right? Nobody predicted COVID, right? Uh, and I didn't know how my, if my business was going to be up or down. Quite frankly, my business has stayed pretty steady, maybe even grown a little bit, because what I've done is I've expanded some of the categories I work with. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, when I first started, I was very heavy automotive. Now I have automotive, legal, health, quick serve, all the... Uh, categories as a local seller you really need to excel at. Um, And I've been blessed that I have a handful of people that work for me or with me because a lot of uh, like my books are done uh, by an outside source. Um, And I'm really appreciative of them. If I had one or two additional workers like the workers I have right now, things would be so much easier. So I think I would have started a little bit earlier um, but since I didn't, it's also like this hidden secret that I had never had to worry about. Can I make my payroll through this whole COVID? So it, it's a 50, yeah. 50, uh, but I, I do think like right now that what keeps me up, it's like, okay, so if I want to take a vacation, who's going to fill the vacuum? Because I do everything around here, whether it's billing, building schedules, selling, uploading commercials. So, uh, little additional help might be go a long way and helps helps a tough thing. Like when you run a very small company, you want to make sure that you can hire someone that I trust implicitly. And I have people like that right now. Yeah. That's a good place to be. Again, relationships. There you go. Um, What does success look like in 2021 for you then? 
in 2021, uh, so in the, I'm going back and referring to the broadcast business again. Uh, in the broadcast business, you tend to look backwards to see how things went, and then you look forward to say, okay, what kind of increase is going to make? But looking backwards on, you know, uh, March, April, May, June, that, that that's a precarious situation. So, so 2021, uh, the way I look at it, uh, all of my auto is going to come screaming back. Uh, and the new clients that I developed while auto was slacking a little bit uh, will be there also. So what, what I intend to do is continue adding additional inventory resources so I can fulfill my clients. And I look at continuing uh, moderate growth. And that might sound unusual for an entrepreneur. I'm not looking at fast growth. I want moderate growth because that's quality control. When I started this company, I always said, I'm never going to put operations or sales before operations. A lot of companies in, who are doing what I'm doing, they realize there are a lot of people who are trying to rush to CT the OTT. So what they're doing is they're putting sales first. Mm -hmm. When you put sales before operations, it doesn't work out well. Imagine yeah. an intersection with no stoplights or stop signs. <laughs> right. I, I just want it controlled. And I think that has been part of the success because I make it easy, uh, easy to understand and successful. My clients sometimes are like, why are you telling me to spend less budget? And <laughs> the reason why I tell them, I'm like, because the inventory is not there. We have to have the audience before we can send the message to them. So yeah. I run forecasts and I do things like that. So uh, 2021 will be continued growth will be continued focus on the categories that are growing and will continue going back to my inventory partners and accessing uh, more inventory or taking advantage of some of the new ad serving technology because this is a very fast evolving space. Yeah, that's great. And and how can the leverage to scale community jump on board with that, mi that mission and help you get there? Where can we connect with you? Well, I, you know, I think I said this earlier, I think communicating uh, what is good about connected TV, OTT, is very important. I also think there is a lot of uh, misunderstandings about exactly what it is, where it runs. So uh, if I can have a platform to continue communicating or evangelizing what CTV OTT is, if I can continue being a thought leader in the space, and listen, I, I will gladly share my thoughts uh, and, and share what I have learned over the years, uh, even with people who aren't my clients, right? Yeah. Because the worst thing that can happen is people try it and they have a bad experience. If they try it, even if they don't try it with me, I want them to have a good experience because a rising tide raises all boats. And I really do believe, look, I, I have to talk about best practices. Um, so I, I think that's, that's what this is all about, right? How do I get yeah. out there and share my ideas? Uh, because when I'm talking with a client, it's one-to-one. -one. When I'm working with you, particularly in this podcast, it's one-to-many. And so you allow me to, to multiply my voice. Yeah. So Robert Eckelman, connectadtv.com. That's your website, right? Where we can learn all about all that stuff. Absolutely. C-O-N-N-E-C-T-A-D-T-V.com connectadtv.com. Learn all about OTT, CTV. Learn about how this new world of digital plus broadcast comes together. Not new world, but evolving world. 
Robert, thank you so much for being a part of Leverage to Scale. It's been a pleasure, my friend. I appreciate it. Take care. so much for listening to the Leverage to Scale show. If you are a purpose-driven business owner or professional who would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit leveragetoscale.com forward slash guest. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your favorite social network. If you do that, just be sure to tag us with a hashtag leverage to scale. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and pick one winner from each platform. What do you win? We are going to promote you and your business to all of our social media fans totally free. Next, if you thought this was a valuable use of your time, please support the show and give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. I believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. My name is Amber Vilhauer, and I thank you so much for your time. Let's connect on your favorite social channels. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being a part of the No Guts, No Glory movement.